Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 20, Chapter 115, Return to Rivervale. Archie and the gang gather intel about Percival so they can better understand where he came from and use that to their advantage. However, when their plan results in an unexpected outcome, the gang is left having to pay a terrible cost. Oh, this one's bad. It's just... They could have been revealing all this information over several episodes instead of being like, okay, we need a lot of exposition to just explain everything. It's just such lazy storytelling. It's like they always have to cram for the final exam (laughs) that they decide, oh shit, we haven't wrapped up the storyline. Let's Mm -hmm. do that in an episode. Yeah. And it's, it would have been a really interesting, I mean, they could, I They created this convention for storytelling within this show, and it's the comic books. And they could have used that as a way to telegraph this entire backstory, but they don't. They barely use it, which is really obnoxious. And it would have been a perfect way to show without explicitly telling. At least one third of this episode is solid exposition. Mm -hmm. At least. Mm -hmm. We could dig bit by bit through this story, but I'm going to be real honest. You could consolidate a good chunk of this into just, oh, this thing exists, and then move on. Yeah, but what they should should have done is they should have told this all. They could have still done all the flashbacky stuff, because that is fun. Um, That's a fun convention of having the kids play their ancestors. Fine. But through the lens of this is a comic book story. Because each one of these universes is its own set of comic books, which is fine and very interesting. Oh, oh, oh. It, but that would have taken a lot more forethought and planning, which they rarely, if ever, do. Yeah, we, we can only deal with what we have in front of us. And what we have in front of us is a really, really bad episode of television. <laughs> yep. So we start out at Andrew's house. They're all sitting there being like, okay, what do we know? (laughs) Like, what's what's up? Because Bailey's Comet's coming. What the fuck? We recapped the recap without having a recap. Essentially. Um, (laughs) We cut on over to the Tang's apartment. All the serpents are watching over baby Anthony. Um, So stupid. It's so stupid. And then we're right back at at Archie's house. And essentially, the Pickens family is hot garbage. And Veronica lets the group know, hey, my 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 guy, Geraldo, uh, he couldn't find anything about Percival. So he's like from nowhere. And Jug has a theory, but it's too early to discuss what the theory oh, is. Um, so everyone's everyone's got to act like business as usual, which means Veronica's got to go to the casino. <laughs> it's absurd. OK, I can't believe I can't believe we spent the first five or three minutes of this episode just saying everything we've already done all season. Well, yeah, because they've done so much and nothing at the same time. Cheryl has a moment with Betty in the kitchen. She's like, hey, you need to come over to my house. And Betty's like, what? There's something really important that you need to see, but you can't say anything. She's like, okay, what? (sighs) And and we know what it is. We go over to the bunker. Oh, my God. Now we get so much theorizing. I could do, we could do this in like three lines. Basically, Jughead tells Tabitha, there's another portal. There's another dimension. This is very Doctor Who. 
Uh, it's I mean, very Doctor Who the way they do this, which I don't hate. It's it's less timey wimey and more. I I appreciate the sort of the angle of your mind is opening up portals, which makes sense because of the mm-hmm. doors he keeps opening. Yeah, but they just go on and on about this bullshit it's there's just so much talking about it there's so much and of course Tabitha's going to be the person who understands it because she's a time hopper or whatever anyways it they're going to go dimension hopping so then we cut to Percy talking to Alice and they're at her house and he is talking to her about wanting to have a sit-down interview so he can explain everything that's been going on and then do the live execution and the way this whole conversation is filmed is like they are in a green screen of her house. Oh, that's because they are. Uh-huh. They, well, I don't know that they actually are. They might be for the purpose of filming it. But the whole intent, I believe, with the way it's being filmed this way is because this is all uh, an echo conversation. This is all Percival telling Alice what, what's going to happen. Oh, I just assumed they cheaped out and didn't have the location available. <laughs> the location is is their set, David. I I still don't think I I think they like had to rush this scene and just filmed it in front of a green screen. Like I Well, there is a lot of shit that's green screen in this episode. I do follow one of the um producers and he, uh, sometime directors of the show and all of the old-timey stuff Cole's not there for any of it. He is 100% green screen and stand in the entire time because he couldn't be there. It's very bizarre. Then how does that look so good? Well, okay, maybe your theory has some water, but I because I don't trust them, I just assumed it was them cheaping out on budget. Uh, we go over to the casino and Veronica shows up and she sees a bunch of guillotines. Cutting cabbage. Yeah, and Tom and Frank are there. They're all suited up and she's been removed as CEO. And uh, he's got a gun and he's ready to remove her. So, yeah, she says the scheme reeks of Reggie and they're just like, he's indisposed. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to remove you by any means necessary. Uh, We cut over to Thornhill. Betty walks in and she sees Polly, Nana and Jason and Polly yells, Betty. And Betty's like, Polly. And when she sees Polly, she sees that Polly has that yellow good aura around her and she passes out yeah which fair, fair. <laughs> we go back down to the bunker and it's time to open a portal um he says it's like opening a door it's like opening a door and then where this the uh ladder down into the bunker is we get this dark swirly cloud and he goes in and he's holding her hand tabitha's hand and when we go in, we see the other Jughead. It's it's the Rivervale Jughead who's gone a little, who's gotten a little cracked. <laughs> he's He's got the glasses on and he's got the striped secret window robe on. And he has been down there way too long. And so we get this whole conversation. I do really appreciate that Cole Sprouse made these Jugheads different. Yes. Um costuming helps here but it's a different gear of jughead yeah. um, while still feeling like jughead it's just like oh this is jughead who has not been with other people and has lost it 
Yeah. It's good. It's interesting. It, it, it was fun to see. Again, I would have loved to have a little cheeky moment with a Dylan Sprouse as a stand-in here. This would have been really fun and silly. Not happening. I know it's not happening. I would have loved it. And all those sweet life of Zach and Cody fans would have too. So yeah, essentially Rivervale Bunker Jug is explaining that they're kind of a conjoined parallel universes, but I am a living battery. And our Jughead goes, that sucks. But again, we covered all of this. We covered all of this at the end of the Rivervale arc. Well, but now it's got to, you know, be, but that's really just for the audience. Now we've got to reveal it to our, our group. Do we have to do it over a five minute exposition sequence? (laughs) No, but I do like here, they decide they have to go find out more about Percy and his paper trail. And they're like, yo, you can't do that. Like, we won't run into ourselves. It'll be fine. They're like, oh, wait, but Cheryl is actually Abigail. Like, he tries to explain it, and they're just like, and we'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) I do appreciate that because that is their way of cutting the explanation short. Uh, I'll take it. Sort of. I do like that the two jugheads trying to talk to each other. That is entertaining. If we're going to have the exposition, we should have only had this scene and not the one before it. With Tabitha and Jug. It's just too much. Well, it also just boils down to that the way that you do that is you have the character be like, and so he explained everything about this, about this point, a couple of scene points, Mm -hmm. and then just have it be the fuck it, that doesn't make any sense. We're just gonna go figure it out. And bunker jug trying to stop them. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't actually need to reiterate it. It just Again, it's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So they go on their way and Rivervale. Ah! You love that stupid crow. I have to do it. And so we come back from our Rivervale title and it's time for our Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters style interview with Percy. Uh-huh. So he came over with the settlers in 1580 on a ship named the Ruby Pearl. And even Alice is like, hey, how is that possible? And I'll get to that. We have Asher Andrews, Blessings Cooper, Charity Blossom, and James Jones. That right there is obviously the double for Cole, because you when you don't see his face, it's not Cole. Percy would spend his time studying witchcraft and sorcery and uh, we see him trying to perform an arcane ritual on, you know, Puritan Britta. Puritan Britta, essentially. So scary. <laughs> yeah. And so Asher, you know, Archie sees him and then they put him in front of the council, which is the four scoobs, and they put him in the stockades. And so it's when he's in the stockades that the devil comes upon him. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, which, you know, okay, they did this very quickly, so I appreciate that. So, yeah, he, he makes a deal with the devil. Woohoo! Yeah, he offered my freedom at the price of my soul. And this devil is the same guy who played the devil in our Rivervale series, Mr. Cipher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, again, it just doesn't need to be this long. <laughs> well, this part, again, could have been... I think it would have been more interesting if we'd gotten this as a more like if the entire episode was this part of his story 
but it was presented as though it had been a comic book. So we had seen snippets of it and now it's tying it all together. That's not what's happening. Instead, it's stupid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we cut on over to Thornhill and Betty wakes up to talk to Polly. And Betty's just so sorry. She said she wasn't able to save her, you know, that they fought. And Polly is just like, it's fine. I forgive you. You need to stop feeling this. Like, uh, let me be a vessel and let grace wash over you, essentially. Like, it's very preachy. It's very Jesus. It feels very Jesus. It's going to get more Jesus, but, you know, all right. Uh, when we get there, I don't hate it as much. The preachiness, I know they're playing with because they're playing with the sweet hereafter angle. Yes, there's that. But there, there is also, and I can appreciate this element, is that Polly is repeatedly telling Betty, you need to forgive yourself. Yes. No, no, no. That's what I, that's what I mean is like, she, the way she speaks is because she just came from, you know, heaven. But the point that she's making is much more real. Yes. Uh, and that's fine. But this just, uh, again, this goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. There's too much darkness in me. There's too much darkness in me. I swear. I, I put in my notes, okay, take a drink. Because at this point, if Betty talks about the darkness inside of her, you need to take a drink. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we go over to the casino and Veronica is in her office and she's staring at her computer. She goes, as if I wouldn't be able to access the security cameras remotely. Idiots. I love her. <laughs> Which is great. I, I do like this. And so <laughs> she is looking into the vault and in the vault, she can see that Kevin and Reggie and Reggie's dad are there. And then she sees Reggie's dad start to have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so we cut into the vault and they're, and, you know, Reggie's yelling, dad, dad, what the hell? We need help. We need help. And so Tom and Frank come in and then Reggie pulls the knife that he had stowed and he grabs Tom. And so then we get a little standoff and Frank is like, I'm ready to kill Tom. So do you want that to happen? And Tom's like, Kevin, are you okay with this? And they're basically just giving him shit for it and being like, we're ready to die for our cause. And uh, when they finally like let go because they're not going to go through with it, Tom looks at Kevin and says, look on the bright side, son. With this execution, Percival is going to make you more famous than you ever could have gotten on your own. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that was mean. That whole scene was intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we cut over to Rivervale Thornhill. And Britta opens the door and she is so excited to see Jughead. And <laughs> because she thinks this is Rivervale Jug, who's a comic book writer. And they ask, Ta- Tabitha and Jughead ask, you know, can we see the archives? And she's just like, oh, is this for a new comic book project? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, those have been moved to Highsmith College. And they're like, ah, shit. Like, well, can we talk to Nana? Well, then we go and we see Nana. Nana is in Cheryl's body. But what followed was all of Nana's ailments. So uh, Cheryl has all of the dementia and she's got the um, the glassed over eye. It's very, it's kind of funny to see Cheryl look like this. <laughs> oh, it's, it's very silly. <laughs> and so then we hear... Jughead and Tabitha talking, you know, telepathically. He's like, oh, can you, can you read her mind? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try. So Jughead goes into Nana Cheryl's mind. Oh, my and, God. Which I love. The, the comic says Rosie. 
for Roseanne Blossoms. There are cats all over the table. (laughs) There are cats and it's all burnt and ash and gross. And it's just like, yeah, this is this is not good. (laughs) Good. Yeah. So Britta comes back and is like, hey, Mr. Jones, can you um, can you sign one of my comic books? And so he grabs it and it's the super teens. And they're looking at it and they all look like their friends. They all have the same powers as their friends. And they're like, hey, who's this bad guy? That's Percy the Perverse, the Mad Wizard. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. And and so then Jughead's like, um, do I still do all of my writing at Pops? And Britta's like, yeah, in your booth, it's kind of your thing. <laughs> so funny. This cracks me up. This is fun to me. I just, hey, weird question. <laughs> yeah. I just wish, again, if we didn't drag so much at that beginning, this would just be fun where they're like, well, we're going in another dimension. <laughs> yep. And just get silly with it. But they, they, did they think people were going to come in on the middle of the show on this fucking episode? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess that's my thing for, for the show is just like, no one. I mean, no one is going to come in now on Riverdale in the fucking middle. No, they're, they're going to wait for it all to drop on Netflix so that they can binge watch it in the background so they don't have to pay attention. Literally. It's, just, it's so dumb. Y'all have to be way smarter than that. And yet they're not. Ugh. Uh, we go back to regular Riverdale and Cheryl is painting Jason. And he gets to talk. He does. Trevor gets to talk. Yay. He is glad that he doesn't have to fight in that war. And Cheryl's like, what What war? So. Smash cut. <laughs> smash cut to Cheryl at Archie's house. And she's like, yo, this is what's up. He's drafting the dead to fight against the living. And Archie's like, we got to blow up these tracks. Like. That's essentially what the entire conversation is about. Until he gets a call from Veronica, which ex- which then we get this. I, I kind of like that we're watching Archie and Cheryl talk to Veronica on speakerphone. Reggie, Kevin, and Mr. Mantle are all prisoners of war. Blah, 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 blah. And if you blow up the tracks, he'll execute them sooner. So we got to figure something else out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then we go back to Thornhill and Betty is looking at herself in the mirror. And as she does this, she has these flashes of being the whore of Babylon, blood coming out of her mouth, TBK. And then she wakes up. She's had a nightmare and she's talking to Polly and she's just like, I am not filled with grace. Um, I killed her cat. I kissed Archie. Um, I have the MAOA gene. And Polly's like, some of that's not great, but it's not harlot of Riverdale behavior. So, like, you need to liberate yourself from this and forgive yourself for falling out of love with Jughead because that happens. It doesn't make you a bad person. These are all good things that Betty does, in fact, need to hear. And she's like, I think I think I have something that can help. By the way, Polly looks exactly like Alice. She does very much so. And is talking a lot like early Alice. Oh, sure. She's they they've styled her hair very much so that it it flows similar to the way Machen Amix does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's purposeful. Oh yeah. No, it's good. I was just like, <laughs> you're doing a Machen Amix impression. It's very cute. Then we go over to Jug and Tabitha. They are hiding outside of the pops. <laughs> and 
So they're like, okay, so they kind of figure out this is what they're going to do. Tabitha is going to go in there and get herself into a time loop so that she's distracted. And then she's going to get Rivervale Jughead to their apartment so that we can talk with our Jughead because they need to come. They need to figure some stuff out. I do love the Jughead's like, what would I even say to myself? Hey, me. Hey, why do all my friends have the same superpowers and the people that you write in your comic books? What are you, a wizard? Is everyone a wizard? It's very <laughs> Just I, Jughead talking to himself. Very good. <laughs> it's very fun. I'm into it. This is what this episode could have been. It could have been so much more of that, and it would have been so meta in the best way. But instead, we're going back to Percy's exposition interview. Yeah, so we go back to the interview. Alice is like, okay, so like, did you take the devil's deal? And Percy's like, I did after a little negotiation. I managed to procure from him my immortality as well as my freedom. And Alice is like, so clever. How can the devil claim your soul if you never die? Oh, my God. Yeah. So he's like, I left Sweetwater Village and spent the next 400 years going from town to town acquiring forbidden knowledge. Knowledge that I would use to conquer and destroy Rivervale. And Alice is like, wait, did you say Vale? Don't you mean Dale? And he's like, no, Alice, I meant Rivervale. Let me explain. So I headed back to where Sweetwater Village was founded. Take my revenge. And a curious thing happened. And so what we see, he walks down the road and the the sign says Riverdale after the explosion with this new universe. He had stepped on a riff. Vale is Riverdale, similar, but devoid of supernatural and just petty squabbles. So Percival decided to stay. And so then we get this little flashbacks of him, like trying to like buy things off the the Andrews, the house, trying to become a deputy, the mayor, so on and so forth. But as he slipped in with his energy it seems that some of the magic from his world came here too. And I like that he says, you know, water finds its level in, a, in an effort to make the, the fight more fair. Whatever. Yeah. They're caught up in the pettiness. All of this was just like, woo. Again, explain to me very simply. I got all my stuff and then something weird happened. I wound up in Riverdale. Weird coincidence, but I guess the magic came through all the same. A minute. This is a minute of dialogue. Mm -hmm. It does not require seven minutes of me watching all of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. You sitting in a television studio. I'm so bored. Yeah, it it was not necessary at all. We go back to Thornhill. Polly washes Betty's feet because someone did it for me in the sweet hereafter. And now you can enter it too. (sighs) Okay. Okay, great. I mean... Okay, what what I don't hate about this scene is that, because Polly does it, right? Mm-hmm. And Betty just continues to be like, you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. The point Polly makes after all of this is really just like, somebody did this for me in the street hereafter, which really just means this is all in your fucking head. Yeah. And maybe, again, if we didn't waste so much time on exposition, maybe that's where Polly comes in as like, look, I know that there's a whole lot of weirdness that's gone on. You need to understand that all of this is about how you see yourself. (laughs) Like actually have her explain. Sometimes going through a ritual can help you understand the reality of what's in front of you. Yeah. 
they don't do that. So we ha- we are left to assume that it's some mystical weird power that they got. Yeah, it's malarkey. Yeah, it's dumb. But, you know, whatever. It's a sweet moment between sisters. I'll accept that. Uh, we go over to Pops and Tabitha puts Rivervale Tabitha in a loop. She hides behind the back and calls out to Tabitha, hi, can I get your help for a second? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then that she puts her in this loop that she's constantly coming outside to help somebody. That's fine. So she goes inside and she gets Jughead, who's like, where's your uniform? Oh, don't worry about it. Let's go home. <laughs> so we go home and <laughs> Rivervale Jug is like, you're kind of freaking me out. Oh, we'll be prepared to be more freaked out. What are you talking about? Oh, hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> And <laughs> Vale Jug thinks for a second that that's Bunker Jug. It's like, you're not supposed to be up here. It's like, oh, well, no, I'm here. So we have superpowers like your comics. How does it end? Like, what's the deal? I just love, I believe in the multiverse. I believed it before it was, you know, a thing. Before it was a thing, which is also very cheeky. I, oh I'm into God. it. So Vale Jug has the outline for his next story it's the death of the super team percy kills them all and they're like why oh it's kind of the deal i made with mr cypher um, (laughs) that he can only write grim stories that darken the world and they're like okay where is this guy oh he's at the casino playing chess with uh raphael well he doesn't say that he's just like it's like the ultimate battle of good Good and and evil Yeah, that's what's happening. It's just really obnoxious. So I just said what was happening. I know. It just the the the, the look on their face when he's like, "Yeah, I had to read grim stories because I made a deal with the devil," and they're like, mm-hmm. "Why? Why would you do that, Jughead?" Mm-hmm. Both Jugheads in this universe, super dumb. Yeah, not smart. Then we go back to Thornhill, and Betty is looking at herself in the mirror now after. Polly's washed her feet, and she can see the same good yellow aura like Polly. But she's good (gasps) now. She can go into the sweet hereafter. Yay. Whatever. Again, I just needed them to explain that this is about her coming to grips with herself. Yeah, it's her perception of herself. Thank you. Uh, We go to the casino. We go to the chess game. The devil wins. Oh, no. Which Tabitha and Jack are like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so they're in the hallway. They're talking through all the bad omens and that how the events are spilling over. And so they go find Mr. Cypher and they're like, you again. He just walks in. <laughs> yeah, he could care less. It's like, do you know Percy? What? And they kind of like go back and forth. And he's like, oh, he, he's gotten into Riverdale. That's where he moved, where he got to. <laughs> and... They're like, yeah, but like we moved pop, so it'll be okay. And Cypher's like, it's not the diner, it's the land. That's where he was left to die. It's a hell mouth. That churches are usually built over hell mouths to cap them. And they're like, ah, fuck. Uh oh. So we go back to the interview. I do love that he's like, I can't get directly involved, but I do wish you luck. You probably lose. <laughs> he's very entertaining. Oh, the devil. <laughs> the fact that he could doesn't really care is fine. I'm into that. But he would like to get Percival if he gets a chance. Oh, sure. Uh, we go back to the interview and we get the ultimate goal of Percy is to have a sovereign state of Percival where the land is controlled by the dark arts because he believes if given enough time, society will curdle. Like that's that's his thing. 
<sighs> whatever, man. It's, yeah. At least we go into the best scene in this episode. This is pretty, this is pretty good. And this is where things are complicated. And so this feels like a great payoff to this, this messiness is we go back to the bunker and it's our jug and Tabitha, but Ethel's there now with bunker jug. And she is furious at bunker jug because it was supposed to be a clean break because she's there because someone with sense has to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And she's just like something corrupted it. And then we figure it out. Jug, our jug starts like, well, Betty, Betty says someone called her and Ethel puts it together. She says, you called her? You and and like as she's yelling at him, Tabitha is starting to get really uncomfortable because Jug is like, well, because she's my best friend. And so I saved her life and Archie and uh, they're just keep arguing. And Ethel's making it very clear. It's like, clearly Jug had still has feelings for Betty because he couldn't just leave her alone. You're weak. Jughead, you're a weak jughead, and this is just so great. And so, our jug and Tabitha are like, We're just we're gonna go. <laughs> so, they, <laughs> they see themselves, uh, they see themselves out, and so just Ethel, yeah, you go because I have to clean up everybody's mess. Story of my life, I swear. It's <laughs> I love you, Shannon Purser. If this was the Ethel we could have had this whole time, I would have been into it. Like if she had been like assistant principal at the school now, it would have been great. This but... is such a great little moment for her because they didn't need to bring her like back back. Yeah. But for her to just come in for a quick cameo with this bit. Yeah. So good. It's very funny. So they go back to the bunker and they're like, that was chilling. <laughs> well, we know more than we did before. So let's go update everybody. I do appreciate like it's it's very uncomfortable, but also they both recognize well, that's not what's really happening. But, uh. <laughs> Ugh, okay, that wasn't great. We know a lot more now. So let's go. So then we go over to the Andrews house and Archie's talking with Cheryl and all of a sudden Jug and Tabitha just show up. Because they think like, they're hopeless on these executions. Yeah, they're like, what about a spell? Like, what it was and so they're like, hey, this is what's going on. I we know how we got our powers. What's going on here? What what did we miss? Uh Kevin Reggie, Mr. Mantle are being held hostage. And Jughead's like, I think I can help with that. Everybody looks like death. What? And Jughead's like, wait a minute, I can fix this. I got <laughs> this. So then we have a series of events. Uh Jughead opens a portal and walks into the vault he's like hey come on i heard you guys were in trouble let's go and the guys are just like what just happened so they go archie blows the tracks at mm -hmm. at the the train tracks and then later percival goes into the vault and he sees that they're not there I'm like how, do, how this is impossible and then frank says hey boss we have another problem someone blew the train tracks rut row so then we're back at the Andrews house. All of the families, all the friends are there. And I love Reggie says, saved by Donnie Darko. Thanks, bro. <laughs> it's very cute. But then, then there's a group text that Cheryl did not start. And Alice, Tom, and Frank are going to be executed. And they're just like, that's not, that's not going to happen. And then the next chime comes that let it be known that at midnight tonight, the political dissidents 
Alice Cooper, Thomas Keller, and Frank Andrews were executed for their treasonous crimes against the township of Riverdale. And Kevin's like, no, 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 no. It's a trick. That's not real. It can't be real. And then we get Jughead's narration. But it was. Archie was wrong. The war had, in fact, already started. And Percival had drawn first blood. Riverdale. Yeah. (sighs) So Percy killed the adults. Great. Just a ridiculous amount of storytelling that, again, insults the intelligence of the people who actually watch your show. It's just lazy. It's just lazy. But we've talked about before, there's a level of laziness where it's just missed opportunities. This is laziness of you really didn't bother to try to tell a story. I don't think they knew what story they were telling. I think that's really it. And to a certain extent, that's fine. But I also, I just, I'm at the point where I don't care. It's hard to care. I I love these actors. We had some really fun bits, but you've ruined it by spending the first 15 minutes of this episode making us slog through literally everything we've already watched this season. I mean, it's the same problem we've had for a long time. It's you guys come up with really great ideas. Okay, these are the directions you want to take. These are how you want to move things around. Okay, cool. Like, I don't have a problem with any of that. Your execution is horrible. Ugh. And you don't have enough story to fill your your episode count. You just nope. don't. So nope. you need to come up with more story or better exposition to make it more fun. Because I understand sometimes you got to stretch a story, but you guys don't have enough. You just flat out don't. Well, I I guess we have to go figure out how much more they're going to stretch this story because we still have two more episodes. <laughs> two more. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. All right. Well, since those episodes have already been released, we're not going to bother with the next time on. Fuck that shit. No, we're not. We're not going to do a, a, a theorizing of any of that bullshit until we get to the last one. Especially because I already know. <laughs> oh, you already know, and I don't. So until next time, hashtag Bulldogs Forever. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.